commotion, this hubbub, this melee, it disturbed the peace of the captain of the guards. His paycheck comes from keeping the peace. If it's out of control, he could get fired. So he could not uh, entertain this commotion. So he must maintain peace and quell any unusual commotion. It disturbed the peace of the captain of the guard. Second, it disturbed the power of the priests. In those days, just like in our day, there's a certain segment of quasi-Christianity that have a headquarters somewhere in Rome, around there, without getting too specific, um, where they have kind of got the people to think and believe that God only speaks to us, through us, to you. And that if you want to connect with God, you've got to come to the priest. The lady has to come to the priest. So the priest had control over the laity. And now they hear this preaching, I don't know, who are these two gods? They're not priests. They're not gone to the school of the Pharisees or Sadducees. How can God use that? That's shaking the power base of the priests. It's upsetting their power equilibrium. They cannot entertain that. They've got to do something to stop them. So it disturbs the peace of the captain of the guards. It disturbs the power of the priests. And thirdly, the third group was, it disturbed the prejudice of the Sadducees. Now most of us know what the difference was between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Anyone tell me? The Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. And Jesus is the one they had crucified just now. Now when I was teaching Christian living with the way back, I was in my twenties, one day, I happened to go to the third grade, and the teacher was teaching her children a song. It comes alive to him. I just want to be a sheep. Bah. I just want to be a sheep. Bah. I just want to be a sheep. Bah. And four times. Then the two verses. I don't want to be a Pharisee. I don't want to be a Pharisee. Because the Pharisees want fair, you see. I just want to be a sheep. Nah. I don't want to be a sad, you see. I don't want to be a sad, you see. Because the sad, you see, the sad, you see. I just want to be a sheep. Naturally, don't be sad. All the apostles said, if in this life only we have hope and there's no hope of the resurrection, we are all men most miserable. And so the Sadducees could not have this because how can you say this was done in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth? We have him crucified. He is dead. There's no resurrection of the dead. Impossible. Be silent. It disturbed the prejudice of the Sadducees. They could not have this because they reject the resurrection of the dead. So now, the next day, Paul, Peter and John are brought to trial. And beside them is the lame man. So this is like a court scene. I hope you've not been watching any of those Judge Judy and all that. But you get the point. It's like a court. Court case. It is a court. They're brought to trial before the religious leaders of Israel. And Peter, again, speaking for Peter and John, is saying, You mean 
we have been brought here to trial. What are we being accused of? For doing something good? Is that why we have been brought here? Because we showed mercy and compassion to our God upon a man who was lame, a cripple from birth? Is that why we have been tried? And then, the man is beside them. Peter says, this formerly lame man has been made whole by the very same stone which you builders rejected. Now I can only make this statement in Pennsylvania. Jesus Christ, I mean I can make it anywhere in the world, but you get the fourth part. He is our cornerstone. He is our foundation stone. He is our capstone, the middle stone in an arch, and he is our keystone. Oh, my Jesus is Foundation stone, cornerstone, capstone, keystone. You take that out, the whole thing falls apart. And that's the stone which you builders rejected. You know, the master builder used to very carefully select the cornerstone for its size, shape, and strength as it determined the rest of the building. And notice in verse 11, Peter says, it's the stone which you, I mean, he's looking at it as a Jesus. He's back for a whole month. He was just in jail last night. It's the stone which you builders rejected. And in verse 12, which we read, there's no salvation in any other name under heaven. In John 14, 6, the Lord Jesus says to Philip, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one. Christianity is absolutely exclusive. No one. It doesn't mean we don't love them. That's why we pray for them. That's why we reach out to them. That's why we have missions. That's why we have evangelism. No one comes to the Father but by me. Listen to those claims of Christ in John 14, 6. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I know we have GPS, but listen. Mm-hmm. Without the way, there's no going. Without the truth, there's no knowing. And without the life, there's no living. All we need is wrapped up in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. Therefore, in Colossians, Paul says, For the fullness of the God dwells in Now, when you go to court, usually, you know, there's the plaintiff and the defendant, and they have lawyers, at least not state to hardly <laughs> defend themselves. And you, usually the lawyer is a smart lawyer. He has a couple of exhibits to prove the innocence of his client. So here Peter speaking for himself and John. He's got two exhibits. Exhibit A. It says, when they looked at them, they took note that they were unschooled, unlearned, and ignorant men. I love that word. Don't try to be politically correct. It's in the Bible. Sorry, we have a modern translation. It's your problem. That's okay. That's okay. Unlearned, meaning, I I don't have a PhD. Maybe the majority here don't. Maybe some do. Congratulations. But, they, didn't, they were not men of letters. Unlearned. 
We are still bothered by ignorance. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> they just know that they were ignorant men. I never knew they were fishermen but back. But here the state. All humans that includes you, whether you like it or not, are born ignorant. Which maybe can tell you one plus one is All humans are born ignorant. We become stupid through education. You say, wait a minute, I'm very smart. I know what you mean. Listen to this. I finished school, I went to university, I was doing a science degree, I had so-called professors and monstrous books to study from, and I began to sprout a monkey's tail. Mm-hmm. We become ignorant through education. Unless that education is founded on this word God. Let God be true and every man a liar. Get out of heaven, God. I was becoming ignorant through education, negating the creation from Genesis. Thank God, that stage of my life, he stood down to say. Suddenly, from becoming a pain in the neck to my American missionary pastor, friend, was now a Jesus. I became a thorn in the side to my lectures because of one work of the Holy Ghost in this college student's heart. Then it says, they saw that they were just unlearned. Verse 13, an ignorant man. But they marveled. You know why? You know what their only credentials were? They marveled because they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Dear friends, if you never attended university, if you don't have a college degree, maybe you didn't even finish your high school, the main credential you and I need is that we can be made, found guilty of hanging around with Jesus Christ. Amen. Only spending time with Him. These were ordinary fishermen. Obviously skilled in their trade, no doubt. But how could God raise up this man from their crook through them? The only thing they could tag them was they had spent time with Jesus. How much time are you and I spent? I'm, I'm not praying three times a day now. Because I've got back to it like, you know, we're breaking out of the lockdown. Just, just say, at least twice a day. At least twice a day. And in the mornings, it's like, I'll preach and praise God. Don't come up with your selfish agenda. Is that okay? No. Praise God. They took note that these men had been with Jesus. That's exhibit A. Exhibit B in their defense. Standing next to Peter and John in front of these religious leaders and hypocrites <laughs> is the formerly lame man now made completely whole. In front of their eyes were numerous witnesses. This was indisputable evidence. It was impossible for them to say, you know, this was a a body double or something like that. So those are the two exhibits. What did the religious leaders do who were trying to incriminate them? They go into a huddle, you know, like we do in football. Let's get them out. Take those guys around there, put them in there for 15 minutes, whatever. They come into a huddle. What do we do? We know that's indisputable. Everybody in the town knows about this. Oh, can I throw in a point? 
the Lord Jesus and his missiles. In Acts chapter 2 is the day of Pentecost, right? It's only 50 days after Jesus ascends. So very shortly before that, the Lord Jesus was right there in his physical ministry on the earth, right? This, is, this miracle happens in Acts chapter 3. We're reading about the fallout in Acts chapter 4, right? So it's just shortly after Jesus ascended to heaven. How comes in his three and a half years earthly ministry the Lord Jesus didn't do the miracle in him? I'm glad you asked the question. What you think about it? It's not very long after the year. And the temple! Jesus would have passed by many times. All I can submit to you is that God has a perfect time for everything. Think about it. By allowing this miracle to be performed at this point in time, 5,000 men got saved. The church just explodes, explodes. Sometimes, we know we're so desperate, we become angry with God. But just place your request and supplication before him, leave it there and trust him. Never let your faith and trust in Christ waver one out. In fact, just the other day I said to him, now I understand better what Job meant when he said, Oh, he's slain yet for I serve. Lord, you've blessed your people, but yet somebody is being executed in communist China. Possibly. For their faith. Why is it not me? Though he slain, Lord, your time, my times are in your hands. I will serve you with my last breath. They go into a huddle. They come back, call them out. Alright, we're going to let you guys go. Naturally, they have nothing to indict them. But one condition. No more preaching or teaching in this name of Jesus Nazareth. If you do that, we're going to get in their case again. That was their one condition. Listen to this incredible thought. Fact. They've already tried to destroy the first body of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. True or false? We know that the ultimate failed. Yes, he died. For three days, praise God and rose. They had tried to destroy the first body of Christ. Now they are trying to suppress and destroy the second body of Christ, which is the corporate body of Christ. Yeah. No, no, no. You will not keep quiet. We will trample you down. We will stomp you out. They failed the first time, and the fact that 2,000 years later we're still honoring and praising and talking about Jesus, they failed the second yeah. time too. How? Yeah. Amen. Peter and John's response when they tell him, Keep quiet. Just hold a few moments. Their response is verse 19. Peter and John said to them, Is it right in the sight of God to listen to you or to obey God? Come on, tell them. In other words, we will not be silent. Amen. We will not be shut up. Yes. Hear me, friends? Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're introvert or extrovert. There's no such thing as a quiet Christian. Amen. Yes. My wife is an introvert. I, I'm not exactly one. <laughs> <laughs> but there's still no such thing as a quiet Christian. Here's a post, one of the heavenly downloads I got during the lockdown. Let your light shine so intensely 
and burns so brightly that even if you never spoke a word, people around you would come out of the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Let your light, think about your work situation, secular place. Let your light shine so intense and burn so brightly that even if you never spoke a word, people around you would be convicted by the Holy Spirit. Now they'll go back. They're released. They go straight back to their Christian brothers and sisters. And what do you think they do? They get into a prayer session. They're storming heaven. And what's this? Verse 29 and 30. Now the Lord, they're praying with their friends. You know that threatenings. Give to us your servants boldness that we will speak your word and stretch forth your hands as thirty to heal that signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child Jesus. This is incredible. Think about it. They're asking God in prayer for more boldness, more power, and more miracles. Exactly what got them into jail in the first place. Amen. Yes. You know what we might do? Now what county is are we in? Which county? Lemon. 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 Works in Africa, yes. it works in Asia and Europe, mm-hmm. 
North America, South America, Central America. Amen? It works everywhere. It applies to everyone. Everyone in the world can be a recipient of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen? I'm so glad that 39 years ago, I came across the good news. And I didn't just read about it or hear about it, but I welcomed it into my heart. And it forever changed my life. And if that hadn't happened then, I might not be here today. But thank God that it did. Amen? Amen. And you know what? The gospel is great for salvation, but it's also, it works in every challenge that we face in life. Amen? Why don't we stand to our feet for a moment? And, and let's take a moment to touch the cornerstone. Amen? Amen. How, how do I touch the cornerstone? Through prayer. Through praise. Through worship. Oh, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you as a body of believers who have gathered on this day And Lord, we ask you, Father, to stretch forth your hand and heal. Heal in Lebanon County. Heal in Lancaster County. Heal in Dalton County. Heal the state of Pennsylvania and our nation. Stretch forth your hand to heal. Yeah.